0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.
2: Today on the on Enquire podcast, Jay Lehman gets to talk about a victory. That's right. Illinois goes into Maryland and defeats the 5-1 and one at the time. Terrapins 27-24, to 24, of course, a walk-off winner. As Caleb Griffin hits the walk-off 43-yard field goal, and Illinois gets its first Big Ten win of the year. And since then, Illinois gets some accolades. Seth Coleman is the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week after his three-sack performance, and Caden Fagan the freshman of the week in the Big Ten after he totaled 84 rushing yards, a touchdown, also had a couple pass catches as well, as the Illinois running game finally got going. Uh, and Caleb Griffin, not the special teams player of the week. Tory Taylor at Iowa is pretty good. Uh, their punter, and, and I believe somebody else, uh, shared the award as well. But a nice week for Illinois football, and we'll see if they can sustain it as they host Wisconsin for homecoming. And the breaking news there is that Tanner Mordecai going to be out broken hand for Tanner Mordecai, the starting quarterback for Wisconsin, so they're putting Braden Locke in at the position. But still, Wisconsin, one of the better teams in the Big Ten West. Braylon Allen, probably the best running back in the Big Ten West. So can Illinois sustain momentum? We talk about all of those things, how Illinois was successful on offense, how they were successful on defense, and how it all came together in a victory at Illinois. And then we preview, can Illinois get to 4-4 four and four before the off week and beat the Badgers? Jay Lehman, our All-American football analyst, breaks it all down coming up next on the Illini podcast. This episode of the Illini Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do and what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot It's a victory Monday with Jay Lehman, uh, our line of football analyst and all American linebacker. Well, Jay, we do have a win to talk about as Illinois goes into Maryland. 27-24 win. They get that uh, walk-off victory with Caleb Griffin's 43-yard field goal attempt in the damp conditions out there in College Park. Just overall, Jay, what's your takeaway from that one?
3: Well, this is exactly the team we thought we would see the entire year. We thought there'd be a lot of toss-up games. We thought there would be a battle of staying on schedule and who could make a play down the stretch in critical situations. And really, in the critical situations of this football game, you got to give it to Illinois. They were great the last two minutes of the first half. They were great the last two minutes of the game. There are a couple of third and shorts and a couple red zone, or I should say high red zone turnovers that really switched the game uh, and turn the game in favor of the Illini. And so that's what we thought we would see. And now we saw it.
2: Yeah, Jay, I felt like it was competent, complimentary football where every phase <laughs> helped each other. It felt like, I don't know if there was like an A- for any group in this team, I right. I, I gave an A minus to the special teams, but sure. it felt like everything was a B. It felt like this was just a solid football game and the other team made mistakes and you took advantage of it. It's kind of what we expect out of Brett Bielema, as you were saying. Well,
3: yeah, I mean, oh, Brett Bielema, B. Yeah, that makes sense. But I would say, but I would say this is we kind of thought this was a B B plus football team coming into the season. So that would be expected. Listen, I will I'll be the first to say. They did not look prepared the prior two weeks. They did not play well the prior two weeks. So I don't know if it was coaching, if it was playing, it was both. I'll also be the first to say: incredible coaching job getting these guys up for this game and prepared to play. And incredible execution by the players, right? So I'll give it out and I'll and I'll give it, I'll give the criticism, but I'll give the praise. Tremendous job by Brett and his staff. I thought this was the first time from a coaching perspective that Barry Lunny. Got really to stay on schedule throughout the game. We didn't spot a power five team 14 points or Toledo, you know, 12 points or whatever it was. And we got to see him mix in some of his play calling. But again, much like the Penn State game two years ago, right from the jump, you could see we could run the football. And the difference that makes, right? In the first quarter, you saw there's a difference. Wow, we can run the football. There's movement in the interior line of the scrimmage. And that really sets the tone for the entire game i also don't want to go without saying that this back seven is starting to sneakily get better on the back end and a credit to Aaron henry who you know had his lumps early in the year we've seen not only the the dbs start to get better who have been banged up and they had their moments certainly it's a very good receiver core for maryland but these linebackers i'm excited about dylan rose rosiac uh Kinena, did i say his first name right that's right uh Oteluga, you know uh I would say he's becoming more instinctual, and he finds himself around the ball. Much like James Crutes, for the limited plays that James gets in, he finds himself around the ball. I think Rosiac's probably our most uh, uh, all-around best linebacker, but those two guys have made some plays as well. So I'm excited about it. You can tell I'm way more fired up today than I have been about the other stuff because, man – it felt like doomsday, but what a win can do for you! Well,
2: my goodness. Yeah, this is why you don't. Uh, I, I wrote this is why you don't write a season obituary in mid-October. Uh, so this is the, you got games, you got the Big Ten West schedule. We'll dive into that, Jay. But let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Their highest point total against a Power Five opponent. I forgot to look up. They, they led for most of this game, Jay. Sure. So you had an offense coordinator that could call plays
1: sure.
2: with a lead. Uh, but you focus on the run game, right? That was different. Uh, Caden Fagan, obviously you can dive in him if you want, True. but Whitenack and Chrysler at guard, I thought the tackles played their best game. Right. What does that running game allow when it's just, it was solid, right? It, it, they they picked up yards when they needed to. So dive into whatever you got on the run game. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, first and foremost, and and, and I, you know, every now and then guys, we actually text in the game during Sometimes We're we'll like, Hey, I see this. I see that. I said, you know, it looked to me from a schematic perspective, we got into what more a gaps scheme concept. That means um, there's zone scheme and there's gap schemes largely when it comes off. Zone is, hey, I'm blocking an area and largely won't see a ton of pullers or whatnot. We got into some gap scheme with Caden Fagan and out of the pistol with him. And uh, that means they were running counter they were running some power. They were running what we call tight end wham plays where it's zone block up front, but the tight end kind of blocks backwards and there's a built-in cutback. And what I like about that is one, it gives more time for a guy like Kane Fagan to kind of get going, right? Not only from the depth, but also it's a little slower developing play. And number two, I think it allows a guy who maybe doesn't have the most developed vision yet as a running back to kind of have a path of, okay, I'm going to run here. It's not zone of let me stretch it and get a vision of bounce it outside or cut in here. Let me just follow what I'm supposed to do. Use my overall athleticism and body size to do that. And quite frankly, it works. So I think that was a tweak. And, and Brent has been saying, let's remember, one of his favorite lines over the last three or four press conferences, uh, the last three or four weeks is we got to see what these guys are comfortable in doing and letting them do that. I think the gap scheme from an offensive line perspective is what they settled on is like, we think Zai can do this. We think White Net can do this. We think Gesky when he's healthy can do this. And if they can do this and we're the best at this, it might not be the zone RPO game that we want, but it's the best thing we can do for a run game right now. And it made a huge, huge difference because not only that, you're starting to control the time of possession more, you're not getting beaten that, although that might have been even, but pretty close. And you're able to impose your will. And the key is this, Jeremy, when we always say this. It's not just kind of run the ball, it's kind of run the ball when everybody in the stadium and the defense knows that you're gonna run the ball. Can you pick up the two yards that you need to pick up? And for the most part, they were able to do that at a much higher level than they had at previous
2: weeks. Caden Fagan, just over four yards per carry, Jay. Uh, only one run of over 10-plus yards, but I think everybody could see it, right, like what, what he brings. The blocking was way better in front of him in this game, but what stood out to you about Caden Fagan?
3: Well, first off, he's never going to be a back that has a bunch of 20-yard gains or more, right? He is a – I call him the 4- four to 14-yard back. I mean, those guys uh, that, that – that is who he is. He's not a breakaway speed guy. Certainly moves very well for his size, so it's not a knock on his speed. He's not going to be a guy that has huge chunk runs, but he is going to be a bruiser. I think I've been suppressed by his ball security. We, we haven't had a lot of fumbles with him. I mean, it kind of goes unnoticed when it doesn't happen, but you'll notice it when it does happen. And so for a young guy, if you'll look, I think I've been impressed with his being, it's high and tight. You look at how high and tight he keeps that football. It's well-coached, a lot of freshmen, especially guys that played quarterback at the, uh, high school level have horrible ball security, to be honest, because they're just dancing around or looking to throw and do that. So I think the ball security, I saw his vision get better this game. He missed some runs uh last week against Nebraska because of poor vision. I saw his vision get a little bit better. I think that was partially because of the gap scheme. I thought one of his best runs was a third and maybe one and a half, where he made one guy miss, ducked through another tackle, and then probably fell forward for three or four yards that was one of his best runs of the day because it wasn't blocked great up front. And when you have a running back that can make one or two guys miss and still uh, make it happen when it's not blocked great, it's that, that's powerful. Hey, there was times where he struggled in pass, bro. We saw him get bull rushed by a linebacker. Um, and, and, and that's going to happen with a freshman back. But overall, for a first guy getting his first start on the road uh, to being the guy, I think you can see he lives up to the four-star hype. You can see why he got offers from all kinds of different schools. And so I'm excited about Kane
2: Fagan. I think um I think it was a great step in the right direction for him. Uh, Jay, how does he compare to a freshman year Braylon Allen? Like how do those guys compare? Braylon feels like a bit better of a explosive sure. guy. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think I think Braylon
3: has I wouldn't quite say breakaway, but Braylon will, will knock off you know 20 to 30 yard runs. You, you rarely see him do a Jonathan Taylor 60-70 yard run without getting hawked down. Braylon is um at this point is a more instinctual tailback than uh Caden Fagan. Caden Fagan is, is a mix of kind of a fullback, tight end, H back, running back, all into one. And I think that what makes him very unique also makes him unique special teams player as well, with that athleticism. I think. People don't necessarily realize how valuable that type of body is. Um, right now I'd take Braylon Allen because I think Braylon Allen is, is, is a bona fide commodity and he's you know a legit running back, probably probably the best running back we have right now in the Big Ten West, I would say. Um, trying to think of the other ones that are out there, but probably he's been the most explosive and consistent, especially after Ches Malusi went out in that Purdue game and got hurt. So I think Kate Bading can be there. Brandon Allen's also got three or four years experience. Right. On.
2: Luke Altmyer, I feel like he needs to hit those singles a little bit more, Jay. But boy, he hits doubles and home runs. Uh, yeah. he's, he's he's a power hitter up there, and uh, he had more big plays than than Taulia. So how did that passing game kind of and running game kind of go off each other? And what would you see from Luke Altmyer?
3: Sure. Now you were telling me he had more more passing plays than than the big passing plays than Taulia. I would have been shocked because. <laughs> Like I said, I've watched the tape of, of Maryland, and, and they have really been throwing the ball all over the yard. So hats off to the Illinois defense. I know we'll talk about that, but two balls that you know I think stick out the most as far as you know big shots down the field. Pat Bryant, you know, quietly, I think he's got four touchdowns on the year now. But you know, last two games he's had, he's had a deep ball, and so I've seen improvement out of Pat Bryant. You know, I think Pat started with a bang and would admit that the you know games games two to through four weren't his best. Um, and he can play better. We've seen him stretching the field and catch the football at a higher level, which is exciting to see. I love that Luke has the confidence to throw it up to him. I like that Luke has the confidence to throw it up to Casey Mossington. I mean, Washington, (laughs) uh, because he mosses, he mosses one or two guys a year. How long
2: you been sitting on that one?
3: Well, you know, (laughs) the funny thing is I was, I was on, I was on big 10 network and, uh, I uh, we were talking about the game on the post game show, not Final Drive, and I said it, but somebody we had four guys on the show, so somebody talked over me when I said, so it didn't quite have the effect, you know. Thought oh, it was, yeah. a, but the guy was like, "Oh, I, I see what you said, Casey." I thought it was a good one, you know. I mean, <laughs> you wait for your whole moment; it's like it's like a play call, right? You just wait for your right time to lay it out there. But um,
2: as, as a fellow dad, I appreciate it, Jason. Yeah,
3: so, so you, you get it, you know. You have, you have your moment. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I like that he takes his shots um he had another shot to isaiah which was a good ball good good play by the defensive back to play through the hands you know i I think isaiah has incredibly soft hands sometimes we need him to have a little bit stronger hands that's not to say that he didn't have a great game actually isaiah was my saturday big 10 standout with the big 10 network not just for the receiving but for the leadership right but those two returns those might not have led to scores but those flip the field and we like people don't realize even if you don't score off that if you can flip the field off of things, it makes a big difference when you're playing a, an offense that can get chunk plays in 20, 30 yards. Well, I get a chunk play from my five-yard line. I'm into 30. Well, that's a lot different than a chunk playing from my 35, now I'm at the 45. So I think those made a difference. And and so I got a little bit off of Luke Altmaier, but we need to see him hit some of the singles, most notably the one to Isaiah in the end zone. I mean, uh, that, that little flat route, I always joke, you know, one of two plays are coming in, in on the goal line. The flat pass is going to be one of them. Everybody runs the flat pass. Even Maryland ran a version of flat pass to really against us. Very hard to stop. And so I think Luke needs to hit that was probably the prime example.
2: Are you looking for unique and comfortable Illini gear? Well, Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel based in Indianapolis that emphasizes their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. So go check out homefieldapparel.com because their designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and history of each school using unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. I'm scrolling at homefieldapparel.com right now with their Illini gear. And they have 1989 Fighting Illini basketball long sleeve. They got the flying Illini logo. The script Illinois. You can get the pants, the joggers, that 1970s script, or a nice hoodie. They got the 80s Illini football helmet. The 2004-05 Illinois basketball logo on a vintage crew neck. The ringer retro tee, the orange ringer tee with Fighting Illini basketball on it. Go check these guys out. Because not only is the design fantastic, but these shirts, guys, are incredibly... Comfortable Homefield is all about authenticity and nostalgia. So, give their side a look, it's not the typical Illinois gear you see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com, where you can see their selection of colleges available, of course, including Illinois. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code OLINEI 23 Again, 15% off at homefieldapparel.com with discount code OLINEI 23 Whether you're looking for Illinois football gear for this season or Illinois basketball gear for the coming season, check out. At homefieldapparel.com. I'm very excited to announce our new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can 20 times your money by going five for five. They also have a Best Ball Mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's Best Ball Mania has $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, with the winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code OLINEI and get your first deposit doubled up to $500. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code, ALINI, to get your first deposit doubled up to $500. That's a new deal. It was previously $100. Now it's $500. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org.
4: Selling a little or a lot? Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
2: RJ, defensively, they were one of two teams now to hold Maryland under 25 points, the other being Ohio State this season. So what did Aaron Henry and his group to keep uh do what did they do to keep Maryland in check?
3: So that's a that's a that's a great question. And even without Keith Randolph, right? Yeah. I mean, Keith Keith was not playing. And we heard Brett say, and I saw this during the game, they, they went to a lot more four-man front. Um, I think that was more personnel driven with Keith being out of the football game. Although I did see Bryce Barnes make some plays. So hats off to Gibson City's finest or second finest if you count <laughs> game offer. Um, but one, one I would say they 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 just felt aggressive on the man coverage. And on, on bringing pressure at times, I, you know, I thought Dylan Rosiak, although he never got there, is actually a pretty decent blitzer. Had a couple holds that weren't actually called on Rosiak that I saw that could have been called. Obviously, Seth Coleman had a monster game. One of those sacks, uh, it was it was an MA and on um, block, but he he didn't miss the layup. So let's just say that didn't miss. He still got a tackle to Leah Tungavailo. who's was not the easiest kind of tackle, and I think Seth Coleman played like we thought. He could play all year, and that's the thing about that's the thing that's 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 frustrating about a guy like um Seth is he knows he can play that way, and the coaches know he can play that way. It's like we got to have that kind of production, you're not always gonna have three sacks, but being as disruptive as you can be. I mean, Johnny Newton was honestly taken up by two or three blockers a lot. I mean, I saw that it was they were not gonna let Johnny Newton beat them, and finally, we saw the outside linebackers take advantage of that, right? I mean, there was a double team. I saw one or two plays at least where there was a double team on Newton with a running back like chipping. I've never seen that on a double team. And there was like, we're not going to let number four beat us, especially with Keith out. It was pretty obvious, hey, they're going to do that. So from a front perspective, what I like from a linebacker perspective is we're starting to fit better in the hole. For a while there, we were just kind of flowing and getting, getting washed like a laundromat. It was just like, shoo and um i know about that because when i played minnesota in 2004 they were the first one to really do zone stretch plays with uh barber and maroney and uh, i just got washed to the sideline every play trying to get to my gap and what we're doing is we're taking a shuffle step and attacking downhill and attacking i've always said that dylan rosiak for his size has incredible pop and ability to get off of blocks which i think makes him unique Odaluga is a freak athlete and and very strong and, and finds himself around the ball but James Crute's very instinctive as well. I don't think Tariq Barnes is healthy, so I can't really speak to him. I think he's still probably struggling on the injury front more than we probably know. But that's what I see on the on on, on the front seven. On the back end, hey, we, we took our shots. Obviously, Tyson Rooks was in there a little bit. I think Tyson Rooks is going to be a good football player. Really long and fast for a corner. You know, got got caught up in an unfavorable matchup, I think, with Caden Prather. Maybe some maybe yeah. maybe somebody else. Uh, you know, Prather has been making plays like that all year on and so is jay sean jones who usually jay sean jones did on that screen pass He make one that guy miss and can go for a 20 or 30 overall we're still a work in progress i think Xavier scott's going to be a football player i think miles scott has played better over the last two weeks uh other than his first week he kind of had a step back toby's still a work in progress got banged up and i want to give credit to taz and tyler uh tyler strain they tested tyler a lot i mean the yeah. scott report was we're going to take shots on number 20 you could definitely see that I probably counted five or six shots, uh, and he battled. He did have an interference, uh, but for the most part, I thought he battled and and played a pretty darn solid game on the back end. Uh, because the the game plan was find twenty and take a shot. Uh, if you if you watched if you watched that the the Maryland offense. So again, my monologue only continues. I take breaks so Jeremy can be back on course. <laughs>
2: No, you just answered like three questions for me. So hey, that was really, really efficient for me. But uh, yeah, Tyler Strang giving up like seven inches to Prather and, and battling sure. on those. The one on um, Ty Felton was really good. So I felt good for him getting benched to start this game. Zach Toby gets hurt. Tyson Rooks goes in, doesn't play well. So, so for him to bounce back was really cool. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the linebackers. Um, Dylan Rosiek. Canen Odeluga made some Dylan made a huge play uh, on that final drive with Maryland. When they got inside the 40, Nicario Harper came up and made a big play sure. as well. But w- what stands out to you about Dylan Rosiak? Because for me, it's the one phrase that stays with me from Ryan Walters was pulled the trigger. He seems like a guy that has become more decisive in, in pulling the trigger and, and right. seeing what he sees and, and going.
3: Yeah, that's a great thing. So I would say, a lot of linebackers never transition out of their read steps into attacking downhill. So a good linebacker world will, will take a lateral read step and during that read step, should be able to identify run, pass, and if it's a run, what type of run is it? And I will say that's where I thought the backers were struggling, right? We were staying in read step, read step, read step. And what ends up happening is, at that time, the running back's coming at you. He's gaining ground, right? Getting momentum. And if you don't come and take the window away, I'm trying to do this on camera here, take the window away, right? What ends up happening is he'll have a two-way cut on you because he has way too much space. If he gets to that line of scrimmage, he can go this way or he can go that way, right? You want to attack the line of scrimmage and also get off your block. And that's what I'm talking about Dylan Rosiak. He's, a, I think out of anybody uh, from the linebacker position, He's read and attacked, but he hasn't just attacked. He plays extremely well with his hands. With his, you know, some people might say his size is a uh, is probably a disadvantage, but it, it gives him leverage on a lot of blockers. And he's been able to use his hands extremely well. And he's been the best attacking linebacker we've had. That's why we see him make the most tackles at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage of anybody. Odaluke has been around the ball a lot, and James Coots will flash because they bring him in as he's a, he's a quality blitzer as well. Um, but, but Rosiak is a guy, you hit the nail on the head, quick trigger, knows what he's doing. I know Brett was always high on him. Um, and even had a chance. He pointed him out when I was at the facility last year and said, this guy's going to be a good football player. Obviously he was good on special teams last year. Didn't have a chance to play much on defense, but he'll be a a solid football player for a long time for Illinois.
2: I also thought the coaches, um, outcoached Maryland, Jay. I mean, there's some questionable decisions for locks in that game the, the timeout, the Going for a run on third and eight there late, I, I thought was interesting. The onside's kick, which was bouncing around for a little bit. But uh, what, what do you think the coaches take away from this game, whether it's coordinators or Brett Beal?
3: Well, I give Brett a lot of credit. You know, he hears everybody saying they can't do it or why they can't do it. And he wouldn't tell them why. So I give him credit for having this team ready to play against a good uh, Maryland team who's handled everybody pretty easily, other than uh, obviously the Ohio State game. And man, I will say this. Maryland didn't play their best and Maryland didn't coach their best. So I, I, I will say that that was that was part of it. I also give a lot of credit um to a guy like Aaron Henry, as I think this is a defense that's gotten sneakily better and better. You might not notice it, you know, in the in the Nebraska game. Obviously the Purdue game really struggled, but I, I just I've just noticed they've started to get better more fundamentally sound. And, of course, Barry Lunny. If there's one guy that's probably been, you know, the most hammered on, it's been Barry Lunny, right? And uh, I think you made a great point. Really kind of his first time against a Power 5 opponent, able to actually call plays uh with a lead, uh, have a run game he can count on. And you see, well, well shoot, well, he, he, pulled some, he pulled some good strings there when we needed to be pulled. And it makes a big difference when you can run the ball. Listen, nothing works because the offensive line is not playing up to the standard that Illinois thinks it should play to. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is. I keep saying that it doesn't matter if we can't block anybody. So I do think Illinois outplayed and outcoached them. Um, uh, You know, people knock, knock the early onside play. I don't think that was the biggest, the biggest mistake was calling a timeout to ice a 20 yard punt field goal. Hey, (laughs) let them kick the field goal, right? That's what you want. And also not going for on third and, Seven or eight, when you have a potent offense, right, uh, and a great quarterback. I actually, when I looked at that, uh, you know, onside for me, the tape shows that we were vulnerable to an onside. They probably should have got that. Yep. It was, it was actually a good kick. It was just not recovered well by Maryland. So I know people have knocked him. Like, really? Can you believe he did this I'm Like, I when I saw it executing the tape, I actually think it was a good play um uh, but it just wasn't executed. That that's my take. I know other people have different takes.
2: Uh defensively, Jay, last year we talked about what what is the vulnerability of this defense because of their aggressiveness, it was screen passes. And Maryland uh had 140 yards, I believe, on screen passes. Uh when I went back and looked at it, um obviously you can't cover up everything against a really good offense, sure. but this was kind of what happened last year, but I think it speaks to Aaron Henry was a little bit more aggressive and Maryland saw that was their best plan sure. of attack. But how do you defend a screen pass?
3: It's it, yeah, great question. First off, it's a, it's incredible effort. One thing I think that you'll see though, is very rarely on the screen passes that Illinois struggles with. There's a lot of screen passes that people run screens in the interior of a line on the interior that even def- close to the defensive line with the tailback, the tailback hide screen, they'll hide behind alignment. You don't see people do that against Illinois partially because Johnny Newton's so good at getting off and recognizing that. So all the screens that are actually successful, even the tailback screens, they're going to get out to the edge, right? Uh, largely away from the box. And we saw that a couple to Roman Hemby. We saw a Jay Sean Jones screen uh, outside real quick and that really puts the emphasis in the uh, outside of the defensive line reacting and more on the corners and more on the linebackers. And when you are really geared up to play downhill and attack, uh, when you're a linebacker, it is difficult to put the brakes on and, and screen and and get, and get the screen. Also we played a little bit more um, at times zone at times and, When you're in man-to-man coverage, what's great about that is that you got the man and your screen guy is probably going to be covered up man-to-man. So sometimes you can step out of screen easier. In a zone, sometimes you're back in a zone. There is no zone to actually uh, cover the screen because a screen, by definition, is behind the line of scrimmage. You're not going to cover anything. And what that allows you to do is get linemen out and get a full head of steam while the zone tries to crash down, there's a lot of gaps that can happen.
2: Well, Illinois has a path now, Jay. Uh, it, sound, it sounded ridiculous it's to bad. talk about a, a bowl game last year uh, last week when they're sitting there at two and four. But you got Wisconsin who is wounded this week. And uh homecoming matchup, the sure. fans might be a little up. And if you get to four and four, Jay, boy, uh, you'd feel great. But I, I kind of remember. Penn State, you beat Penn State, you come home and lose to Rutgers. Sure. So Wisconsin, what have you seen from them? What are the keys for Illinois to continue this momentum against the Badgers?
3: So, great question from a from a big-picture perspective, five games left. You get to 4-4 four and four in the bye week with everything that's happened, and you don't feel too bad. You're like, okay, we got some momentum. We can go recruit. We can say, hey, we, we had a little hiccup, and this is where we're at now. We're going to finish strong. And I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that hard, but – you play the, the the teams that are ahead of you that are going to end up at the top of the Big Ten West. You you play them. You play Wisconsin. You play Iowa. You can finish it near the top of the Big Ten West. I'm not saying we're going to win the Big Ten West, but you certainly have the games on your schedule if you play like you're capable of playing to make it a little bit interesting. Um, but when we think about Wisconsin, it's been it's been so interesting. The Air Raid's been leading. The, the conference in rushing uh, or, or uh, leading the West and ru- leading the division in rushing. And so it's like, okay, they haven't really quite made the transition from air raid. I know Phil Longo always ran the ball successfully as well. So it's a little deceptive, but I think with Tanner Mordecai going out, it, it's, it's a scary time to be a Badger fan on the offense because now we come pretty one dimensional. They struggled against a very, very, very good Iowa defense. And, but Tanner Mordecai has been the guy. Uh, it's not Drew Lock, it's somebody else's Lock is their backup quarterback. Um, brain, lock, yeah. brain Lock, right? So, I think, I think you know, he stepped in, uh, didn't look very efficient. Obviously, he was against a very good defense halfway through the game. So, what when I w- look at Wisconsin, they're going to rely on the run game with Braylon Allen in this game, no doubt. And defensively, um, they've at times been really good, but at times been pretty average, giving up a lot of pass plays through the air against Georgia Southern, against Washington State, unable to really uh, be as dominant as you thought maybe a Luke Fickle, Mike Trestle defense would be. So they haven't been earth shattering. They certainly got some players and certainly got some athletes, especially in the front seven for them. But I don't think they're necessarily world beaters at this stage of the game.
2: Jay. Are you still skeptical of this team? Like I, I still got to see it another time, right? Like yeah, you know, no, right, still, right now
3: skeptical. Maryland's an outlier. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still skeptical. I'm super happy for the guys. Listen, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to win more than those football guys. I can tell you that nobody puts more work in than those guys and the coaches. And uh, I'm excited for those guys to get a win. And um, I, I it's it's interesting. You know, you get clues from Brett, and he said. He came into the locker room and said, congratulations, you graduated at halftime. Now you got to finish it. And to me, that shows you just how big a drop-off they've had in experience and leadership from last year to this year, when you're saying that to a team, right? Um, And that's from Brett's own mouth, right? right? It's like getting that belief in this team, like it's almost like that belief And that experience, when that left, it changed this team. Now, we know it changed it from a talent perspective, but psychologically it changed them so much. I think as fans, we think we're back, we're better, we got Brett, and this is it. But as the the team, as the season went on, especially maybe after that Kansas game, didn't have that mojo in their mind of who they were as a team. And so to me, it's, Like Brett said, they can play like this if they want to, but I don't know if they're at the level of can they be consistent? We got to stay healthy. We got to keep the offensive line healthy. If we can run the football, we've got a chance against anybody on our schedule. If we can't run the football and we've got to sling it around 50 times and we've got to rely on our defense, I'll go back to what I said after a Nebraska game. If they play it against Nebraska, they're not going to be anybody on their schedule. That's right. That's, That's not saying that they're not a. Better. I'm just saying, if you play like you did against them now, if they play like they did against Maryland in critical situations, they can beat anybody on their schedule. So again, I'm happy for this football team, but you really can't stop here when it comes to momentum for this season and building a program.
2: No, that's absolutely right. And, uh, Jay, thanks for making us football smarter as always, man. Uh, To get to four and four, going to an off week for a team that I think could use an off week, just health-wise, that would be massive for this program.
3: Yeah, we we really need an off week. You know, the week zero stuff was great last year Mm -hmm. to get, you know, kind of quasi two buys. They could have used that this year. They look banged up, and it's showing our, our lack of depth.
2: I wonder if college football eventually just goes to that two off weeks during a season. Because when you're playing, I mean, we're talking about playing 16, 17 games for some of these teams. I think that might be necessary.
3: Listen, we're talking about 16, 17 games. We're talking about paying players. This is like NFL juniors. I mean, this is like, I mean, it goes, you know, what is it like peewee, junior football, high school, college. Now, college is like basically, you know, NFL junior. You're getting paid. You're, you can tra- the transfer portals basically free agency so the game is changing i think we do need two bye weeks at this time back when i played back in the day we actually didn't have a bye week we actually went 12 straight games zook was not a fan of that because supposedly uh the big two uh, ohio state michigan wanted to be done before thanksgiving i don't know if that's true or not that changed though when they had 50 days off between that game and the BCS championship game, and that was the excuse for getting blown
2: out. There I don't you know go. if that's true or not. There you go. Jay Laman, talk to you next week, man. Yep, take care. Great stuff, as always, from Jay Lemon. You know it. He's the goods, and we are so lucky to have him breaking down football for us every week. It makes me smarter at football uh, a little bit, and then it makes, uh, I think, everybody else. So you just get perspective you don't get elsewhere. And he's just great at it he's phenomenal at breaking this game down and uh that's why we do our film room with jay layman and i gotta tell you we just recorded it went broke down the offensive line broke down defending screen passes and there's just things i learn every week just being able to take Jay Layman through film, tell, him telling me what he sees. And for the people that uh, watch the film rooms, I think they'd tell you it's worth the price of admission for our VIP subscribers. We try to get you guys some great insight and Jay Layman and Michael Tulip just break it down in depth. and had a 20 minute film room with Jay, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, even if I just did it with him, <laughs> uh, I would do that and not give it to everybody, but you have access to it at the VIP side of things at Illini Enquire. So if you haven't checked those out, if you're a VIP member, please check them out. Or if you're interested in it, it's just $1 for your first month at VIP side of Illini uh, uh And we'll have plenty of coverage as we have press conference Monday here. We'll catch up with Brett Bielma, Aaron Henry and Barry Loney. most of you, it had already happened by the time you listen to this. We'll have plenty of coverage from that. Our takeaways uh, from what the coordinators and the head coach have to say after their first Big Ten victory of the season thank you for listening to the online choir podcast however you do it on our youtube channel if you do there hit the like button subscribe to us hit the notifications bell we appreciate that all you podcast listeners appreciate you guys give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast. but everybody have a great day take care of each other we'll talk to you next time right here on the online choir podcast
0: bye everybody